Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Hello, hello, Chicagoland and all points all over the earth. We're broadcasting here from the center of the earth at AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. And this is Bob Lambert, and I'm joined with my wonderful co-host, Jennifer Villarreal, today. And Jennifer has got a few people that we got to do a shout-out for. Yeah, big shout-out, big thank you to Thomas Bibby Varghese at eBiz Universe, also Pete Leonard from I Have a Bean, and Emily Garrity with Connect Vets. We appreciate their support. Yeah, and I want to give a shout-out to all the rest of the folks that have been donating to our ministry here. Uh, don't stop. We can use even more donations because Jennifer and I have got some really big plans for this ministry Yes. Uh, in the way of uh, spreading it out. Uh, as some of you know, we've uh, started an apologetics group, and that has grown. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a break here this summer, but we're going to have some cool things coming up yep. uh, later this summer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I am so excited because uh, we have two guests in studio today, so we've got two different folks that we're going to be talking to on two different things. And one of the, the first guests I'm going to introduce you to, um, which has been on the show, so she's an alumni of the show, <laughs> but a ep- expert in all things with millennials and also a fabulous, fabulous not-for-profit organization that does uh, fashion, wear, and, and gear. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I'd like to introduce you to Catherine Jeffrey. And Catherine is the proud owner of KJ Consulting Company and also a co-founder of Cause Gear. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a while, <laughs> so we got to let people know really what's going on with you and kind of the backstory and all that stuff. So why don't you share with, uh, you know, I set you up on this millennial thing, so <laughs> what's that all about? You know, what's the background story? Yeah, well, I did my dissertation several years ago on millennials and mm-hmm. leadership and teams, and at the time, people thought I was kind of crazy Um, I was teaching leadership development, and every year I would ask my students, what's the best form of leadership? And, you know, they were millennials at the time, obviously, and uh, I would give them three choices, authoritative, democratic, or laissez-faire. And Mm -hmm. one year, they all raised their hand at laissez-faire, and I was like, (laughs) what is going on? You know, that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago. That wouldn't even happen five years ago. And uh, so, and this was about the time I was going to dig into my research. So I ended up really focusing on that topic because I was really into group dynamics and culture. And, um, you know, really what came out of that is this, this huge shift that we're seeing in, in the understanding of leadership. And, you know, a lot of organizations were started by traditionalists and very top down hierarchy, right? Because the war was going on. And now we've gone through boomers who led by consensus, Gen X, much more self-led and independent, and you have to have the skills. And then millennials, it's very much about shared leadership. And, you know, you might be the leader now, but I might take over in a little bit. And it's all about you're holding a position, you facilitate. um, And they're very clear that if you're the leader, you don't have any more value Mm. than I do. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's all equal. Equality is a big thing to millennials. Yeah. 
And so I've been, you know, working with companies and organizations just trying to help them build those bridges because there's a lot of angst and tension across the generations and they're having trouble communicating. And some people even say it feels like there's hatred in my workplace mm-hmm. and I want to stop that, you know, yeah. so just helping people understand what's going on and that it's it's happening everywhere and it's right. OK, you know. Well, so is that why you're so passionate about the work that you do, you know, with wanting to build that? That bridge and that gap between that um, hatred, I guess, that some people experience um, across generations. Yeah, just I really, I really feel called to help create safe spaces where people can flourish. That's mm-hmm. really what I'm all about. I love um, working with people, helping them become who they're meant to be, and and this is just one of those spots. I feel like the Lord's placed me. I had no idea that this topic would be so relevant. Um, and so Isn't it's, that how it always is? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just I need to walk yeah. in obedience to where he's calling us. Exactly. And, well, you yeah. went exactly. to a great college, great school, too, yeah. Trinity. So, yeah. And you had the opportunity to teach up there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah for a long time. Yep. Yeah, that's, yep. that's phenomenal. Um, you know, there's something else that you're passionate about, though. Yeah. Let's get a plug in for that. Yeah. So my husband and I are co-founders of Cause Gear. It's a right. social enterprise to help people come out of poverty in India. Mm. And so we make bags and accessories. Um, and really, each purchase helps provide a day of freedom to keep them from being trafficked or tricked into slavery. Um, then we partner with different companies, a lot even in the Chicago area, that want to really make... Um, make an impact through their corporate social responsibility. And it ties into all my millennial work, right? Because millennials want to work for companies that share their values, right? So if you're giving me a corporate gift or company swag, you know, Mm -hmm. if if it's tied to a social good and and you're doing something of great value in the world, then they get really excited about that. Well, I know you got one of those. I'm a little favorite thing is those little smaller notebooks. And you guys have those with leather bound. Yeah. The one that I got actually had, the woman that actually made it. Hand, mm-hmm. It was handmade and the paper's handmade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I loved about the inside of this thing was it actually said, by the purchase of this book, this this notebook that you got, bought X number of hours of freedom. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was so yeah. cool because mm-hmm. it's a representation that you've actually done something that you can validate that has happened. So. Yeah, and it's an easy, tangible way for anyone to make a difference, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So um, what are some of the challenges that you have? you know, that you face now, both in your practice, you know, in consulting, but also with cause here. What are some of the challenges you guys have faced? Yeah, gosh, a big one for me right now is just keeping all the plates spinning. I feel like (laughs) God's just honestly given me so much opportunity. And in both of these are really in sweet spots where we're at in our culture today, right? Because millennials by 2025, they're going to be 75% of the workforce. And so, we need to understand who they are and all the strengths they're bringing to the table. Um, Wait, so, why do I get nervous by hearing that? Is that a normal thing? Like that people get a little <laughs> shaky. With Some that? people get nervous, yeah, <laughs> because millennials think differently, uh-huh. you know, than than boomers and Gen X, uh-huh. and so we have to start to to understand why, right, and and to help assimilate them, and also allow them to be themselves, right? right. Because they've grown right. up in a very different culture. And we can learn from them, Exactly. Too. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And they have yeah. a lot. They yeah. have a lot to teach us. Well, I want to definitely dive into that a little bit more in the next segment as well. But can you just share with us a little bit of how you incorporate your faith and work? How do you integrate that? What does that look like for you? 
Yeah, for me, it's core of what I do, right? Because I work with people all the time. And so I want people to know, like, you are here for a reason. You have mm. purpose. And I think especially with a lot of millennials, they, they don't understand the depth of who they are mm-hmm. and how much they really do bring and how much value they have as people. Right. And and also going back to creating safe spaces, you know, I've heard a lot of millennials that I meet along the way that work in a corporate setting um, that are really confused about a lot of the things going on in the world and they're not sure how to feel about it. Like they know they hear these things on the news, but is it real and what do I trust? And they're honestly afraid to talk about it with their friends because they're afraid if I don't agree with the popular opinion, then my friends aren't going to like me anymore. That peer pressure starts to surface. Yeah. yeah. And so really working to to create spaces for them in the city to say, hey, let's just come have a conversation, regardless of what you believe on, on a faith basis, right? But just for them to start to enter into a place where they feel safe to share their opinion, you know? And yeah. then from there, hopefully having them experience something that's even more meaningful. Well, I know that you've had the challenge with cause gear too, because getting that off the ground, especially with <laughs> countries you're dealing with. Oh, yeah. Situation you're <laughs> that's with, never ending. <laughs> that, that, that in and of itself, yeah, my undying admiration for pulling. But you guys have pulled it off. I mean, you just yeah. were awarded, or you're nominated, right, for yeah. the award? What was that Yeah, about? for the most socially responsible handbag. So ah, we'll find out <laughs> next month, yeah, which is really exciting. Yeah, we got some great bags. You know, and I've had the privilege of seeing you speak several times and mm-hmm. in, in, in actually large millennial audiences. But mm-hmm. what I really like, it, Catherine, is your style of how you weave this together. It's very... Uh, it's comfortable, it's mm. conversational, and it really helps both sides of the spectrum because that's a pretty big gap now between these boomers mm-hmm. and these millennials. And there's a big gap I've discovered even between the front end of the millennials and the back end. Yes. I mean, I'm hearing from these 30-year-olds millennials at the beginning of this, and they're saying, I don't know what these guys are about in the back yes. end, you know? Mm-hmm. So yes. So kind of an interesting dichotomy as to that range. And there's even a name for them. They're called the Zennials. So it's X and then Ennials. And they're the older millennials who had an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. They still wrote letters home from summer camp, right? They still played outside. And so they do see the world differently than someone who grew up with technology right there at their fingertips. Well, Catherine, I would love to know some words of wisdom that you would have given your younger self knowing what you know now. Yeah, I would have told myself um, to take a lot more time to rest, uh, to receive from other people, I think, and really to, to keep my heart open um, on a more regular basis about what it means to give and receive love. Because I feel like mm-hmm. I, I'm really quick to give it, but the receiving end, I've had to grow into, I think, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing to receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. allowing that vulnerability to come through, right? Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Boy, you said a mouthful. I just talked to a guy that uh, had the same issue, and he's in his 60s, and he mm-hmm. said, it's taken me a long time to really thank people or be humble to thank people because I just kind of slough it off, you know, when they compliment me mm-hmm. or give me and, and slough it off because mm-hmm. I think maybe just because of Christianity, we're supposed to give, right? We're supposed mm-hmm. to be that for our brothers, brothers, keeper, and neighborly love. But it gets tough sometimes that, you know, you got to receive that back and, mm-hmm. and know how to do that. So. Yeah. Well, we want to be able to to give our audience a little something from Catherine. So, Catherine, can you tell us a little bit about the your your book, The Flourishing Workplace? Just briefly. Yeah. My friend Donna Brighton and I just co-wrote this, and it's really about breaking down generational bias in the workplace yeah. and 
how, how to do that well. It's it's awesome. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and raffle that off to our listeners. Make sure you text us here at the studio to 224-404-1988 with the keyword flourish, and you'll be entered to win that. Again, that's 224-404-1988 with the keyword flourish. Hey, and we're going to be right back with our special guest, Catherine Jeffrey here of KJ Consulting Company and Cause Gear. Stay tuned. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here at Faith Marketplace with our special guest, Catherine Jeffrey of KJ Consulting Company. And uh, we left off with a, a, a thing about what she does to help, uh, you know, people that she interfaces with and all that. But, you know, behind this, every person that we've talked to has some kind of inspiration from a Bible verse that they grew up with or a life verse or something like that. What would that be for you? Yeah, one of my favorite verses is in Ephesians 3, uh, 16 to 21. And it's really, you know, um, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And then he talks about being rooted and established in love and together with all of the Lord's holy people, right? So we're all part of a community. And if we understand the depth of how we're loved and then we can share that love with one another, man, what, mm. what, how beautiful life here on earth would be, you know, and how different my life would have been had I really got that. And if I ever really get that, right? Yeah, right. It's a work in progress, right? <laughs> it always yeah, is, yeah. And, and obviously how passionate you are about the work you do, it really speaks that verse, not only to the consulting work you do for millennials, but also on the other side of that with with cause gear, yeah, you know, yeah, for what sure. a heart you guys got for that stuff. So, well, Catherine, what do you do to encourage the people that you work with that you serve? Yeah, whenever I'm working with anyone, I want them to know that like there's hope, there's a way forward. That uh, you know, a key thing is always to move toward one another. I think as humans, we tend to kind of back away from conflict and we get nervous or afraid of it. And we need to know that true relationship, deep relationship, that's part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to move into it and not be afraid of it and do it with with truth and grace and love yeah. at, at the core. Yeah. And especially as you were saying earlier, cross generations. So yes. can you dive into that a little bit more about the the people that you work with, what you help them do? What does that look like? Yeah, I'd love to. So, I mean, anywhere from nonprofits to Fortune 500 companies, just going in and and help, you know, taking a look at what's the culture? How are the different generations even feeling about working here? Because some of them, you know, it's very uh, millennial centric, you know, Mm. even even age related lawsuits are increasing Mm. because Mm. companies are focusing on millennials and, you know, boomers and Gen X are kind of being left behind and. Especially um, that Gen X. I just want to say I'm raising my <laughs> hand right now. Everybody forgets about us. <laughs> it's so true. In fact, whenever I talk to groups in, just in January, CBSN did a a little special on the generations. And on the screen, they listed all of them except Gen, Gen X. <laughs> and so we talk about It's a perfect example about how Gen X, you know, what's happening is boomers are staying in the workforce longer and mm-hmm. millennials want to get to the top right away. And mm-hmm. Gen X is going... 
I've been here for 20 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are you going to do with me? Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. there's a lot of bitterness and yeah. everyone's, you know, hosting lunches so the millennials voice can be heard. And Gen X is going again. Hello. Hello. You know, yeah. we're here, too. Yeah. Or don't call me a millennial. I am. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And mil- yeah. but even millennials are sometimes afraid to be called millennials right. because they've gotten such a bad rap. And millennials have so much to offer. Yeah. And so that's part of what I try to do. I try not to just focus on millennials, right, but all the generations and how can we all, what do we all bring to the table? Because we all have strengths. And if mm-hmm. we if we start to understand why we're different and, mm-hmm. and what we each value and why, why we want to get to where we want to go, um, man, the way we can work together is I incredible. I love the new euphemism that they're using now for millennials, and it's emerging professionals. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that actually. <laughs> emerging professionals. Yeah. I don't want to be called a millennial. Don't you know? I'm just waiting for the you know the PC police to come out. Okay, now you can't call millennials anymore. You know, <laughs> no, so I know. just don't do that. <laughs> and so, do you work with people just in Chicago, or is this nationwide? Where do you? Yeah, mean? nationwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was in Barcelona a couple weeks ago, actually. So yeah, all over. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, and you got a, a, an event coming up here in a couple of weeks too that you're going to be talking about. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. any of you out there, your listeners, your business owners out there, you've been struggling with this, and I know a lot of you, so don't, you can't hide from me, <laughs> mm-hmm. that have this issue. You really need to get in contact here with uh, Catherine. How about a story? What You've gone into a company. What kind of things did you help them do? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it can be the simplest thing, just talking mm. about performance reviews, right? Mm. And you know, boomers will get very upset when a millennial, they're sitting in a performance review and the millennial starts to give them feedback and they're like, what? You know, they start to get really angry. And so one of the things I just help them understand is, you know, millennials are the first generation to call their parents their friends. Mm. And so when they look at someone older than them, they don't go, oh, I just need to be quiet. You know, boomers were taught as kids to be seen and not heard, Mm -hmm. right? And so when they see an older adult, there's a certain level of respect automatically given where millennials, it's like, oh, you're my friend. And so they assume that in the workplace, right? We would bring our family values into the workplace. Mm -hmm. And so something as simple as that, like, no, that millennial is not trying to be disrespectful. And if you explain to them, hey, you know, how about this week we talk about you because I want to be the best boss I can. You know, I want to learn from you. And then in a couple weeks, we can talk about me. So know? in that moment, you redirect the conversation yes. back to them and you just explain to them what that is. Yes, That's amazing. That's really good. I have one question here, what I see with millennials all the time. I see them making up stories in their head of like painting the worst picture, but yet they don't communicate and tell you that. Is it just that we need to create safe space for them or how do we handle that? That's a huge part, creating mm-hmm. safe space mm-hmm. and then helping them understand that the ideas they have in their head may not be accurate mm-hmm. and that because boomers are really good with context, millennials mm-hmm. not so much. So you have to help extrapolate that. But yes, they have to feel safe. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that's not happening. Okay. In the and this is what you help them do. And so mm-hmm. when we can create that safe space for millennials, what then happens within the company? Oh, my gosh. I mean, they take off like crazy. They're they're amazing. And they do really well. Another thing that people don't understand is they do well with boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so if you help, if you just say, go do this and give no guidance, direction or structure, mm-hmm. they can tend to get pretty anxious, like mm-hmm. you're saying. But if you help them see the process and mm-hmm. guide them through that, they're used to being coached. Yeah. yeah. 
then they're they're incredible. You're they're not going to be incredible. basically be seeing your staff um, just ghosting you where they just don't show up the next day. We <laughs> right. see that a lot too, yep. right? Yep. With millennials. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Because I want them to basically reach out with you, just ask whatever questions that they have, get to know you a little bit more, right? And then you yeah. can possibly see if you can help them. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, probably my email address is probably the easiest mm-hmm. um, or my phone number. Um, my email is kj at katherinejeffrey.com. So that's K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-J-E-F-F-E-R-Y.com. And then my phone number is 267-909-7580. Yeah, make sure you connect with her. Check out her website at katherinejeffrey.com. That's spelled with a K. And Jeffrey is J-E-F-F-E-R-Y.com. Katherinejeffrey.com. You know, um, we always like people model after people. So uh, this is a typical thing that I'd like to know because people have different mentors and coaches and people. So who inspires you, Catherine? You know, right now the person that is just inspiring me like crazy is my husband. Mm. And it's his um, his passion to really help the poor and his dedication to make this work. You know, working with India, there it's a whole different culture that thinks so differently than oh, yeah. what we're accustomed to and um, the immense need over there. Um, and his just relentless pursuit to make a difference and yeah. not not give up on any level. <laughs> well, it's good to hear a, a you know a woman on the show complimenting their husband because usually the guys are on the show. You know we openly tell them they married up. You know because <laughs> you know, the great lady behind him. But that's great that you have a partner like that. And you yeah. actually respect him and, and he inspires you. Yeah. 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 Well, Catherine, I know there's so many amazing things about you. Anything funny, interesting, cool, you know, what what do you want to share with the audience that maybe most people don't really know about you? One thing a lot of people don't know about me anymore at this point in life is that I used to work in a wilderness camp for, at the time, the politically correct term was emotionally disturbed teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> and we literally lived in the woods on a mountain in North Carolina, and they came for nine to 12 months. We took them backpacking, you know, backpacking on the Appalachian Trail or canoe trips on the Suwannee River. You know, I'm really just teaching them that they have value and meaning and purpose and that they can make different choices in life rather than the ones mm. that had led them <laughs> to mm. the wilderness was, camp in the first place. Did you, have you ever circled back with those kids that went through the program and see what their lives were like as adults? Oh, yeah. I'm Facebook that? friends with really? some of them. Yeah, oh, it's okay. amazing. Yeah. 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 So uh, the, her book is actually the book that we also want to promote a lot because this is hot off the press, folks. I mean, she walked in here literally – I got ink on my fingers. This thing just came <laughs> off the press. It's called The Flourishing Workplace, Breaking Biases Across Generations. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what what really is in here? Because this is, this it's is a, a quick pretty, read, right? It is a very quick read. I mean, you're yeah, folks, you got to get this thing because a cup, about a half a cup of coffee, you're going through this thing. It's only 25 pages. What's the what's the behind this? Yeah, it's really taking a quick look at your culture through the lens of the generations and looking at how they communicate, how they collaborate, and then how they create. Because in every workplace, you do those three things, right? Mm-hmm. And but the generations come at them in different ways, and they also bring different strengths to the mm-hmm. table around those three things. Has there been any, any folks where you got an engagement where the boomers were just you know dug in? <laughs> it's my way or the highway. And, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was say, <laughs> I mean, isn't that how boomers are? Hello. <laughs> yeah, well, sort of, maybe, kind of, you know, <laughs> kind of, sort of, maybe. You know. Yeah, but you got more 
bias get with millennials than I do. Well, yeah, because kids, I have the know? bias of who's raised them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I Somebody can help, help you guys, too. Yeah, I, I think we need Catherine right now to referee this whole thing, you know. Uh, having, having a millennial son, though, I, there is definitely big distinctions in Absolutely. that. You know, you speak to them and how they want to be spoken to and a lot of other things. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, walking on eggshells sometimes, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I need this. I need to read this this yeah. book. Well, we want to make sure our listeners can get equipped with this book. We have two to give away to our audience. Make sure you text us here at the studio with the keyword flourish, and that number is 224-404-1988. And we want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback. We want to hear how we're doing, you know, so make sure that you text us. Listen, we're going to be back here with another special guest. I finally wrestled this guy. Actually, Jennifer wrestled into the ground. We've been hunting. <laughs> We've been stalking this guy for years. I finally actually put a face with him. He's real. And he's going to be our next guest in here, so I'm going to tease you a little bit. This gentleman has got a background that you will not believe, so you better stay tuned for this. And coming up is going to be some more complimentary things that we're going to give away. Yeah, sure. We'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again with my co-host Jennifer Villarreal, and uh, we've got a really special guest in studio today, uh, and that is Manny Mill. Uh, again, I've stalked this man for four years, so he is the founder of Koinonia House National Ministries, also RadicalTimeOut.info, and numerous other things that he's doing, but you aren't going to believe this guy's story because uh, he has a very special place in my heart because of my involvement with... Uh, Legacy Reentry Foundation, formerly incarcerated, and Manny is the man. I mean, uh, if anybody in the, actually on planet Earth that doesn't know this guy or know of him, there's something wrong. Because <laughs> anyway, Manny, uh, give us a little bit of a backstory here because you got quite a story you want to tell these folks. Well, first of all, I am I am humbled to be here <laughs> with you, Bob, and with you, uh, Jennifer, and my new friend Catherine that I just <laughs> met at the door today, and here we are <laughs> next to each other <laughs> in the same studio. What a, what a privilege! Well, I'm from Cuba. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised there. Everybody knows about Cuba. You know, I want to go to Cuba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a beautiful island, a lot mm-hmm. of beautiful beaches, the best in the world, actually. So I was raised there on the Castro, mm-hmm. you know. And my parents didn't want to stay there, like most of us. If we could leave, we all, we, we, but they just could not leave. Mm. But my father, uh, went to prison, uh, lost everything, and he finally took me out. I was 14 years old when I left. And in uh, Cuba, if you are 15, you cannot leave. Mm. You have to serve. And so if you're from 15 to 27, you have to stay there and served Castro and his regime. So my mom was a witch. She was into Santeria, Espiritismo, mm. which mm. is a medium. So I grew up in that, although she was Catholic, mm-hmm. but all these demons went through her. So I grew up in all that de- devilish, mm-hmm. devil stuff, you know. And so we left in 1970, went to Spain as a refugee. So I know about what it means to be a refugee, mm. live without anything. So I was there for about two years. When I was 16, I arrived to America. So uh, my life began here. Mm-hmm. With no life, but my mm-hmm. life began here. 
in America when I was 16 years old. Wow, Manny. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about the work that you do? And I know you're an author as well. You yeah. you've spoke, you've been on television. I mean, tell us a little bit more about the work that you're well, called to do. We work with prisoners, you know, and we're talking about 15 million prisoners in the USA. Mm-hmm. And when you multiply that with the family members, the children, mm. uh, the parents, the cousins, the nephews, the sisters, the brothers, and when you add to that people who are on, you know, parole, you know, we're about 90 million people mm-hmm. just, in the, just in the USA. Mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. big number. And it's a difficult s- segment of the society because people just don't want to deal with them. Mm-hmm. You know, people are fearful. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's a, a fear uh, culture. It's a fear factor, you know, that people don't want to deal with them. So my ministry has been basically to be a voice for the voiceless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why? And why Why was that? Why are you called to work with because them? Because I'm a former prisoner myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I got caught. Mm-hmm. My uh, mentor, uh, Chuck Colson, said to me, Manny, there's only two kinds of people. Us that got caught and those that have not been caught yet. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we all been there, we all have done something shameful mm-hmm. that we are not supposed to do. So God called me when I was locked up, mm. you know, and he gave me the vision inside the prison. So it was there that I got the call. So I tell people I don't have a job, I have a calling. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Love that. And Chuck Colson told me not to forget, mm. not to forget those that were left behind. So he was my example. He's, he was my hero. Mm. And he was my friend, you know, Chuck mm-hmm. Colson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You, you, uh, that, that's the part of the story I wanted to get out because you have a very unique background as to what it was because you were hunted down, right? I mean, the FBI oh, yes. wanted you. You, 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 you I was running the from country. the FBI. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, you know, whenever you get into a conflict, mm-hmm. you either do two things. You either run mm-hmm. or you fight it through. Well, I, I began to run mm-hmm. <laughs> like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you have another special story how you brought your mother to the Lord, right? No, my or, mother brought me to oh, Jesus. Your, your mother brought you to oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a long okay. story, but it's a good okay. one. I, actually, my, my father called me. Yeah. I opened a the best Cuban restaurant in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had people like Celia Cruz come to mm-hmm. my restaurant, Paquito de Rivera, I mean, the best of the best. And I used to do Cuban shows and Cuban dances and mm-hmm. all cruises. I was a very good dancer. I still can dance. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a very good dancer. Uh, Cubans know about music, as you know. <laughs> so anyway, and I was a womanizer. So, oh, oh yeah. Uh, very expensive, you know. Uh, females are more expensive than drugs and alcohol put together. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Especially the Latinas. <laughs> the Latinas yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're very demanding. They're very demanding. <laughs> and, and sometimes, prob- sometimes. As you can probably suspect, folks, we're going to have to have Manny back on for yes. several shows. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will, we will. So anyway, but it was my mom who was saved from the mm. justifiable wrath of God. Mm. who began to ask God, Father, save my son any way you can. Mm-hmm. And that's a dangerous thing to say to God. Mm-hmm. So God allowed me to lose everything, my businesses, 
my everything. Uh, and he he allowed me to run from the FBI and to do something stupid that I didn't, didn't have to do, mm. you know. But it was her that really asked God to save me. And the more that she asked God, the worse I got. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she was the one that got used for me to come Manny, to Christ. Is this um, is that story written in your book, Radical Redemption? It is. Yeah. Yes. So the story of what happened, oh, the yeah. FBI was chasing you, about yeah. your mom, all of that is in the um, book. And my father and I came to Christ the same, at the mm-hmm. same moment. Mm. How can our listeners relate to something like this? They're probably like, listen, Jennifer, I'm not trying to run from the FBI. I'm not that extreme. But yet we can probably all relate. We have sin. Yes. Yeah. We're all fallen, we, right? We, we all in prison. Mm-hmm. Right. We all we all locked up in our own sin. We all insecure. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're not happy. There's a conflict. There's a war going within ourselves. Yes. Or we're masking behind that busyness oh, of our work. The hypocrisy. Our, yes. The hypocrisy. Yes. And mm-hmm. we want to put a little show there. We don't, yeah. we, we are not who we say we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Manny, I want to dive into, because we're going to run short here, but Koinonia House, what's the whole genesis of that? And, and what, how that transpired is to How build is to build bridges okay. between the local church in mm-hmm. the street and the church behind bars. We are the first ministry that really put that on the table because it used to, people used to think, well, those people are just in prison, mm-hmm. and they're not really people, mm. and they're not really don't belong. Right. But the same Jesus that saved you at your local church in the street is the same Jesus that saved them in the prison. Mm-hmm. It just it took a different circumstance. And you had some challenges with that when you moved in and oh. opened this house up in the community. I mean, you know, huge in Wheaton. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, Christian bubble here, and uh, you, so you you faced some challenges right off the bat with this, didn't you? Day one, yeah. The neighbors came against us. The churches mm-hmm. came against us. Wow. Um, everybody came against us. The Why? Because they just didn't them. want that in the neighborhood? Exactly, because mm-hmm. not here, man. It's a great thing, money, but mm-hmm. not here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's called the NIMBY. Mm-hmm. You know, issue, not in my backyard, you know? So the, for five years, the first five years, we had to fight with the city of Wheaton, with the neighbors and the churches. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was very, very sad. I'm, and I'm still fighting mm-hmm. after 30 years. Mm-hmm. Now I have a bigger fight. You know, what do we do? with the thousands of sex offenders mm. that yeah. we have in the prison. We have a sex epidemic in America, right. mm-hmm. in the churches. Mm-hmm. You see, as the church goes, society goes. Mm-hmm. Yep. The reason that we have people who are really anxious and angry and fearful in America is because the church mm-hmm. is yeah. angry, anxious, and fearful. And I know that you, you share with us in the green room that you, there's another epidemic that's going on. That's with the young people, right? Oh, you, yeah. You, you said young you, people you, are going to prisons. They yeah. are using drugs. They are insecure. Mm. I mean, just a big epidemic. Big mm. epidemic. So tell me where radical prayer enters into all of this. That's my life now. God had to beat me over the head eight years ago. And that's my other book. That's part two. That's my legacy now. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Jesus said, my house shall be a house of what? Of prayer for the mm-hmm. nations. Right. Mm-hmm. That means anybody should be working from any, you know, India, any right. Cuba, Mexico, anywhere. So uh, that's what I do now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't do nothing else but that because I can not really help anybody because 
I'm not God, but I can point him to my father. Yes. Mm. Who wants yes. to be their father, who yeah. wants to provide for them, who wants to meet their needs. I love how you're showing up and you're sharing your testimony. You're sharing how God has worked through you. And you're giving that example to other people of how God can use them as I'm very well. needy. Yes. I'm very, I'm very <laughs> desperate. Yeah. People do not come to the father and do not really talk to him and not pray. We are not you know, desperate enough. Yeah. yeah. We need yeah. to be desperate. Yeah, and we need to be uh, bold in sharing that message too. And I want to encourage our listeners to do yeah. that as well. And I'd encourage you to get these books. We have a couple books to give away. We have them in English and in Spanish. Simply text us the keyword radical to 224-404-1988 and you'll be entered to win. And then make sure that you look up Manny online. Manny, how can people get in touch with you? Just uh, email me, Manny, M-A-N-N-Y, at khnm.net, khnm.net. Yep. Or just call me 630-221-1205. Yeah, make sure you check out that website too. It's khnm.net. You can also go to radicaltimeout.info. Hey, we have got the last segment coming. I can't believe how fast this has gone. I know you guys are sitting here going, holy smoke, wow. (laughs) Eco, wow. So what we're going to do on this next segment, we have a special, uh, I think, a a topic for all of us, and that is, do you realize how your work affects others? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here for our last segment, and that's going to be with our friend uh, from the book, Proverbs for Business by Steve Marr, and it's a devotional one day at a time. And we picked out this subject. I thought we really matched up with our guests today. So it's going to be Catherine, Manny, myself, and Jennifer are going to roundtable this thing. So Manny, we're going to lead off with you because obviously this subject is pretty near and dear to what you do. Do you realize how your work affects others? So what's your thoughts on this? Well, you know, people are watching you. Mm. Uh, we have to leave a legacy. It's not what you say, it's what you do. You know, you you cannot give it until you have it. You know, you must believe what you say that you are doing. You must what you talk, you know. Yep. So uh, that's why we follow Jesus hmm. because he's the example. We want to do as he does because we've seen that he relates to his father and his father relates to him and we want to enter into that love affair that they have together you know so mm-hmm. we want to be like christ right who being god became a man uh, so we can see humanity at his best you know so what you do matters yeah and 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 you can either break somebody or make somebody mm-hmm. you know you can either encourage somebody or, di- or discourage somebody you know what I'm saying you can even put people up or people down so right. our words even how we speak Yes. You know, my wife says to me, it's not so much what you say, it's how you say it, right? right. How you say it, you know? Yep. So even the way that you talk to people, how you look at them, mm-hmm. you you use of hands, you know? Right. And, and just sharing with them your own example. Don't tell people something that you're not doing and you want them to do. Yeah. Make, yeah. make sure that you do it first. Do as I say versus do as I do, Ex- yeah. Exactly. So yeah. that is very critical. Catherine, what about yourself? You know, do you realize how the work that you do, how does that affect others? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, Manny said it all really well. The one thing I would add is just, um, you know, the gift of presence. You know, Mm -hmm. Jennifer, you mentioned earlier about we're so busy, you know, we can get so caught up in that. And 
when we're present with people and they, they can really feel that. And mm-hmm. I think that just that can create those safe spaces, right? So people can mm-hmm. really get to what's what's going on underneath the surface and start to become more vulnerable and real mm-hmm. with themselves and other people. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I found out the last eight years as I'm in this new journey, you know, praying that that's the only thing that I can do for people and with people. So people come to me with all kinds of needs all the time. I mean, my phone has been ringing, not, not ringing, but, you know, With prayer, prayer requests, is that oh, what yeah. you're saying? People, people yeah. call me. So I just call them back or I meet with them right there and just intercede for them right there. Yeah. Beautiful. And then, you know what I'm saying? Key word right there is intercession. Intercession. And prayer as well. And I think sometimes we think that's the last resort. Right. All I can do is pray. Well, yeah, that's the <laughs> same <one>. thing. Yes. <laughs> it's not one thing we do. It is. It is. It is. It is what we do. Is yes. It is who we are. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, the power of prayer. And I love the action part of this. You know, it's part of what we talk about in the show: inspire, equip, and encourage Christians to lead where they're at by their walk, not their talk. Right. Because these millennials, particularly, and I'm challenging a lot of leaders right now. They're watching, watching like a hawk. You know, for t- t- two decades, almost three decades, they've seen. A lot of talk and a walk going in a different direction. And unfortunately, all types of areas, social tell organizations, right, corporations, uh, politicians, government, faith-based organizations, you know, all of that. So, you know, they're really tuned into, uh, you know, are you going to walk it versus talking it? And that's being Well, we've seen that in the last few weeks right here, you know, in our area. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, examples that are not godly. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit because Steve Marr in the devotional, he talks about that where you maybe fall short or you make mistakes and that failure will be obvious to everyone and redoing and fixing mistakes costs way more than taking the time to ensure that the work is done right in the first place. What are your thoughts on this, Catherine? I think it's so true. Yes, we have to pay attention to that. And But then I also think, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with perfection. And I think mm. especially in the Christian world, like mm-hmm. we just yeah. think we have to get it right. And, and so my response to this was almost like, yeah, but I've, I really have done my best, you know, and I have to accept that that is my best and that it's not going to be perfect and that's okay, right? Yeah. And God is still going to use that and God's mm-hmm. going before me and behind me and with me, right? And that um, that good good will come out of it. And not to delay because you're trying to get it perfect. Yes, yes. Right. <laughs> we see that so much, oh, yeah. Bob and I, yeah. especially with entrepreneurs and small business owners, we see them working on something for months on end and just not implementing it. And really, I always say that clarity comes from action. You have yes. to move your feet. You have to keep going. And a lot of times, Times people are saying, I'm waiting to hear on the Lord. Well, yes, the Lord also wants you to walk faithfully, like mm-hmm. walk, move. What are your thoughts on that, Manny? As a matter of fact, I tell people not even use the word perfect. Right. Mm. Because yeah. that could give you the excuse to keep sinning. Yep. Mm. I tell people to be committed, to become consistent and credible. Three C's. Mm-hmm. To become committed, to become consistent, not perfect, consistent. And the people we know that what you're doing is really who you are, that you are genuine, right. you know. So so I use the word consistent, not perfect. Yeah. And you yep. said committed, consistent, and... Credible. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's really commitment, good. Commitment to be consistent and be credible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, become yeah. credible. Love yeah, that. Because people watch that. You're absolutely right. They want to see the, the consistency of things. I see so yeah. many times, particularly with... Who we deal with, small business, they're entrepreneurs and they're all over the place. They're chasing, oh yeah, the shiny object, you know. And I use the acronym FOCUS, 
follow one course until successful. Right. Because in this ADD world we're living in, you don't see that very much. So True. focus would became a big word for me because I have a little bit of that in me, mm-hmm. and I'm looking, at, and you know me, I got come up with all kinds of ideas. Yeah. But focusing on on that path and getting that, and again to your point, perfection. I grew up yeah. with a perfectionist, my father, and I had to really learn. And that would discourage you. Yeah, and that's why we have so many people behind bars because they want to be perfect. Yeah, mm. so mm-hmm. they rebel against their father like that. Yep. And they, 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 they went on the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, just become consistent and don't even use that word, yeah. you know, perfection anymore because that's going to help you with your sing life. And that yeah. focus needs yeah. to be on God, to chase yes. God yes. first. Christ. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. And having that relationship and, and not chase after the dollar, the success and, you know, this false belief. That's what I did before I became a believer. And yes. definitely that void was there and that could only be filled through Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a part of our testimony all mm-hmm. the way, you know, that God wasn't even the picture for me for 36 years. I yeah. mean, he was... I've, I, I, you know, felt the altar of money, success, possessions, mm-hmm. all that thing. That's and, what the world uh, we're seeing out there in well, the world. Well, exactly. You know, exactly. And, and when you don't have that relationship in Christ, that's, you know, yep. that's what you chase after. But I, I want to make sure, any last minute words before we tell the audience on how they can get your books? Any, any last minute words here, Manny? They can get my books through, you know, Amazon.com, mm-hmm. Moody Publishers. Yep. Yeah. It, or just call me. Yes, <laughs> and just look up Manny Mill, and his two books are Radical Prayer and Radical Redemption. And if you would like a chance to win a copy of these books, make sure that you text us here at the studio to 224-404-1988 with the keyword radical. And then we also have Catherine's book. Yes, Catherine's book, again, hot off the press, The Flourishing Workplace, Breaking Biases Across Generations. I know a bunch of people that can really like to get this book pretty quickly because they're wrestling with this particular topic, Catherine, and this is so great. Now, is it going to be on Amazon? Yeah, it will be. It's not yet. It's not yet, but it will be. But But, you can reach out to me, too. Yeah, and make sure that you text us here at the studio. Again, that number is 224-404-1988 with the keyword flourish, and then we'll send you all of Catherine's information as well as Manny's. Bob, any last-minute things here that we need to tell our audience? No, just stay tuned because we got some new stuff coming up this summer that we really – and I think you guys are going to love some of the stuff that – particularly Jennifer. I have to give a shout-out to her with the Conversational Apologetics Program that we did. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah, with KJ, just, Carl oh, KJ Johnson. We wow. also have Alex McElroy. Yes, yes, And we're probably going to do something over the summer, but we need to hear from you that you want this and that you'll attend. Even if you're not in Chicago, you can still participate virtually. So make sure you stay tuned every Saturday here, noon to 1 o'clock on Central Time and AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. And check out our podcast out there on the web at faithmarketplace.com. We have six years with a podcast. It's over 500 interviews, and you're going to check it out. So join us next Saturday here at AM 1160. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.